the countdown to football season is on. 52 days until West Virginia opens a new season at Penn State, renewing a dormant series against the Nittany Lions. But today, the unofficial kickoff to college football season in the Big 12 Conference is in the books. Big 12 Media Days, day one, done and dusted in Arlington, Texas, featuring comments from Commissioner Brett Yormark and half of the league's head coaches. And we're here to recap it all for you on the Golden Blue Nation podcast presented by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com. I'm Nick Farrell alongside Kevin Redfern, Golden Blue Nation's digital content producer. Kevin, before we get into the nitty gritty with Big 12 Football Media Days, I got to ask, how are you feeling today, man? You sore? Because we had a big kickball game last night, big kickball game, and Kevin was by far the biggest impact player on the diamond. Well, that, that's far too kind, but uh, as I'm sure you know, defense wins championships. That's right. So just got to fly around on defense as much as possible. But overall, I, I do feel excited to bridge it back to the relevant Big 12 Football Media yeah, Days. Kickball's relevant. But if everyone, including myself, can be as excited for football season here in July as much as Brett Yormark was to watch the new Big 12 commercial <laughs> two times over, we are going to be in for a phenomenal Big 12 football season. Oh, man. Okay, so Kevin and I have been talking in the office quite a bit lately about the HBO drama Succession because I'm just watching it now. I'm almost done with season four. We're not going to give any spoilers in this conversation, all right? So if you were like me and waited for all four seasons to come out, don't worry, no spoilers here. But I got to say, man, Commissioner Yormark, right, definitely has that sort of corporate vibe to him. Maybe I didn't notice it last year at Big 12 Media Days when he was introduced. Remember, the guy comes from more of a professional background, uh, professional sports background, I should say, not a college sports background. But, man, he felt like Kendall Roy up there giving a corporate presentation. I was waiting for him to maybe give uh, a little something about how the Big 12 was going to integrate with Living Plus or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I personally was just waiting for something to go wrong, given how that show goes, and watching it recently. <laughs> but, no, your mark, he pulled it off nice. He managed the stage well, all sides of it, eye contact with everyone. It, it was a lot cleaner than a Kendall Roy production. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So last year at Big 12 Media Days, right, that was when the transition from Bob Bowlesby, the former commissioner, he was passing the baton to your mark, whose message was the Big 12 is open for business, right? And we've sort of had a shift today during day one of Big 12 Football Media Days. Not just we're open for business, but look how far we've come in the last 11 months since your mark formally took over the position. You go to a 14-team league, right? That was something that had the wheels were moving before your mark took over, but that is what we're looking at here for the Big 12. West Virginia, part of a 14-team conference. This year, it will move to 12 next year. We'll talk about the possibility of additional expansion here in a minute because, of course, that's been a major theme for these media events over the last several years. Also touting the new Big 12 media rights deal, which expands the partnership with ESPN and Fox key components of the football and men's basketball TV rights deals. And as your mark put it, the brand exposure coming from those two major networks is huge for the Big 12 and its 14 member institutions. There's also a conference-wide strategic plan that was developed by the Big 12's board and all 14 member athletic directors. 
We had the earlier announcement in the spring about the future of Big 12 football pro day going to one site that's going to have potentially more exposure with NFL scouts. Big 12 Mexico was a summer announcement. The Big 12 is going international under your mark. And really, I guess the big breaking news, if you want to call it that, your mark teased it before his speech on Twitter. The Big 12 football championship game will remain at AT&T Stadium through 2030. And of course, that's a world-class venue to play your championship game in. And so a lot has happened over the last year. A lot is going to continue to happen. And just generally from listening to your mark and all of the coaches on day one, everybody's excited about this 14-team season. It's going to be new. It's going to be very different. And it's probably going to be pretty exciting. Oh, absolutely. And the amount of times we heard the word parody today in the right. first day of Big 12 Media Day shows that even the coaches don't really know what to expect in terms of how the standings are going to shape out. But it, you mentioned uh, your mark and the added emphasis on brand exposure. I thought it was interesting that how much we heard about that as well, because he, they're almost emphasizing the continuation of the Big 12 brand more so than any concrete dollar and digit money number. It's all about continuing to build the brand, the relationship between athlete and fan, between athlete and pop culture, and mixing all those things together. And then hopefully over the span of the next decade, you'll start to see some really successful things coming out of the Big 12. The intersection of sports and culture. That's how we put it in Kansas City at the start of the Big 12 tournament a year ago, last March, I should say. Uh, now it's the intersection of sports, culture, and business, right? So uh, and he mentioned how they're targeting Gen Z and trying to increase f uh, increase exposure to younger fans, right? I'm, I mean, one of, yeah, your mark said the Big 12 is open for business, but he also kept saying last year, younger, hipper, cooler, right? <laughs> and so that is very much in the works and appears to be very much in the commissioner's vision. But, you know, I, I think one of the things that we knew we were going to hear about today is Big 12 Conference, the potential of more expansion in the Big 12, right? Adding those four new members who are now officially part of the conference as of July 1st. Could there be more in the future? There have been some rumors about the Pac-12. Could the Big 12 potentially poach some teams uh, in the Pacific time zone, especially if the TV negotiations for that conference go south? Could the Big 12 look somewhere else? Well, Commissioner Yormark was prompted multiple times to answer those questions. He was eh, maybe relatively vague, but there might be something you can glean from these comments from the commissioner. Oh, absolutely. And it, my mind comes back to the ever popular phrase, money talks. Uh, whether it be a team from the Pac-12, like you mentioned, or even a mid-major team, it, he, Yormark kept coming back to the word value. What value do they bring to the conference, whether that be geographical or in some other form, traditional rivalry-based stuff like that. So it, I think that he's always going... It, your mark and the Big 12 are always going to be trying to play ahead of the other conferences. He said that they were happy to get the TV rights deal done last year to be ahead of the Pac-12. And if you're able to play ahead and not fall behind, you're kind of able to dictate how some of this landscape is going to change in your favor. Yeah, you control your future, mm -hmm. right? Or maybe have more control of it. Let's listen in now to the comments from Commissioner Yormark at Big 12 Media Days regarding the possibility of additional expansion. I feel like I've been talking about expansion for a year now. When I, when I said we were open for business last year, I think people took that as, my God, 
You know, this guy's new and he wants to go and, and disrupt, I guess, in some respects. But, you know, indicative of my opening comments today, open for business was that we were going to explore every and all possibility to grow revenue, to diversify our conference and to do things that hadn't been done before. And we did a lot of that. Relative to expansion, I said coming out of our spring business meetings at the Greenbrier that we have a plan and we have a plan for expansion. And I'm not going to really address it today. You can ask me, but I'm not really going to address it. We do have a plan, and hopefully we can execute that plan sooner than later. Um, but as I've always said, I love the composition of this conference right now. Mm -hmm. The excitement the four new members have brought to this conference has been incredible. And if we stay at 12, we're perfectly fine with that. If the opportunity presents itself where there's something that creates value, and, and aligns well with our goals and objectives, um, starting with the board, then we're certainly gonna pursue it. Well, from my perspective, we have great collaboration with the board uh, and our athletic directors. Obviously, there's lots of different routes you can take with expansion. As I said, we have a plan, but as it relates to any, a school that's a non-Power 5, if they create value and they align well with our goals and objectives, it's a conversation we'll, we'll consider having. And you know, the great thing about my board and, and, and my AD partnership is that we collaborate all the time um, and you know, we can agree to disagree on certain things and we have throughout the year. Uh, I've learned a lot from both governance groups, but again, if, 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 if within the value equation, there's alignment, you know, power five or non-power five, you know, we'll, we'll look to pursue it. That's Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark speaking at Big 12 Media Days in Arlington, Texas. You can listen to complete remarks from the commissioner at goldenbluenation.com and on the free Golden Blue Nation app. But, of course, Brett Yormark wasn't the only speaker at Big 12 Media Days. Got to hear from seven coaches today. Not West Virginia head coach Neil Brown. He'll go tomorrow, day two, the second half of Big 12 Media Days coming up Thursday. And we'll, of course, be back to recap all of Coach Brown's comments tomorrow. We're going to chat briefly about some of the key comments from other head coaches, including Houston HC Dana Holgerson, right after this quick word from our sponsor. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Golden Blue Nation podcast continues recapping day one of Big 12 Media Days. Nick Farrell alongside Kevin Redfern here on the GBN pod. All right, Kevin, so got the commissioner's comments out of the way. What stood out to you from some of the head coaches we heard from today? Well, there was a lot, and then we can start anywhere, but I feel like the best place to start is with Houston and Dana Holgerson. Now, two of the newcomers, Houston and BYU, their coaches got to speak today, though it's not Holgerson's first, 12, first Big 12 media days. Um, and he didn't really tip his hand much, as you would expect from a head football coach playing against or scheduled to play against a team he formerly coached. Uh, we've got a quote here courtesy of Ryan Decker, Golden Blue Nation, who asked him the question. And Holgerson said, when you tee it up, you don't really give a crap about who you're playing. <laughs> yeah, typical Dana, right? right. And, it, and I believe him, too. I mean, there's so many things that go into game prep. By the time the coin flip happens, you're 
Neil Brown is just a face on the other side of the field. Um, we weren't expecting to hear much from that. It was nice to get something from Holgerson, uh, but I think that's probably the biggest takeaway of the day. Yeah, and what a huge game that's going to be uh, a few months from now. October 12th, a Thursday night game in Houston. It's going to be roughly the midpoint of the regular season. West Virginia coming off an open week to play that game at Houston. Uh, have to imagine that that's going to be a pivotal game for both of those teams. I mean, look at how tough West Virginia's schedule is at the beginning of the year. Open at Penn State. That is a mammoth, mammoth assignment. Then you've got Pitt at home. That game was decided by a touchdown. And Felt like it was on a knife's edge until the very end a season ago at Heinz Field. Well, Acrisure Stadium. See, I still do it. Still do it. Uh, it what will it look like at Milan Pushkar Stadium this season? And then you go into Texas Tech and TCU to round out September. Coach Brown has never defeated Texas Tech as the head coach of the Mountaineers, and TCU went to the national championship game a season ago, right? So that is a really challenging front half of the season. And then you top it off with what's going to definitely be an emotional game against Houston in Houston on October 12th on a Thursday night. Uh, But as Coach Holgerson put it, he has coached against some of his former mentors, including the late Mike Leach. He has coached against Mike Gundy, who he has a relationship with back when he was the head coach at West Virginia. Those teams played some really good games. And Coach Gundy's team arguably kept West Virginia out of the Big 12 championship game in 2018, which was Holgerson's final year when Oklahoma State came back to beat WVU in Stillwater that season. Uh, So, yeah, interesting to hear those comments from Coach Holgerson, uh, but also some comments today from Gundy, too, about the future of Bedlam, the classic rivalry between the Sooners and Cowboys, which is likely reaching its end after this season as Oklahoma makes its exit to the SEC. Yeah, people kept asking the coaches today whether or not Oklahoma and Texas are playing those teams this year would be awkward or not. Almost all of them said no including Mike Gundy, but he had listed some awkwardness with his response. (laughs) He said that the Bedlam game is over because Oklahoma decided to leave the Big 12, period. Kind of sucked the air out of Jerry's world. Uh, And, I mean, you can't blame him. Those Those flagship games are, for lack of a better term, Super Bowls for teams that aren't contending for the college football playoff. You take that off the schedule, less money for the school, less overall excitement from the fan base and it's just something that you don't you don't get to look forward to anymore um so i I don't fault him for for having sort of a dryness towards texas uh in oklahoma but um i mean it's an ever-changing landscape thing changing day to day how many times have we heard that right kevin so you know i I do think that west virginia fans could sort of sympathize with gundy and oklahoma state uh, in at least from a scheduling perspective, right. right? Because West Virginia went through something very similar mm-hmm. in 2011, moving well, 2012, moving from the Big East into the Big 12, losing those key rivalry series against Pitt. Uh, you know, Vir- Pitt and Virginia Tech both came back onto the schedule, but those games are few and far between now. Penn State coming back onto the schedule, uh, that's a series that's been dormant for quite some time. Uh, you lose the series against Syracuse as well. Uh, so now Oklahoma State is in that boat. And yeah, maybe someday that Bedlam series could come back, uh, but it seems like it's certainly going to be something that fans will miss in the interim, uh, regardless of if it's a short hiatus on that series or a much longer one. I just want to say one more thing. Uh, You know, we got to hear from Lance Leipold of Kansas, one of the Cinderella's of the Big 12 last year, team that went from being picked to finish last in the conference to making a bowl game a year ago and maybe would have had a better finish if not for some key injuries. Sonny Dykes, Talked about the challenge ahead of TCU this year. 
Horn Frogs went to the Big 12 title game and the national championship game, but now they have to put all of that behind them and move forward with a different group of guys. Uh, but for me, I always look super look forward to listening to Dave Aranda speak at these events. He is a person more than anybody else in college football that I would love to just meet personally and sit down and have dinner with. You know, I know a lot of people will say like, yeah, this is a guy I'd like to have a beer with or maybe more uh, for younger folks, a pepperoni roll with here in West Virginia, right? For me, it's Aranda because the dude just seems so cerebral, but also extremely kind, right? Like I just, I wouldn't even want to talk about football with him. Just talk about family life, maybe pop culture. He seems to be really well-read. Yeah. Maybe talk about some of his favorite books. Like, I think I told you earlier, I feel like he's... He mentioned C.S. Lewis today, yeah. right? Yeah, he's uh, a Narnia fan. Yeah, I feel like he's a guy who's probably read some Steinbeck or something like that, so maybe we could chop it up on some of the uh, uh, great American novels. That guy definitely has an opinion on The Great Gatsby. Oh, I, I guarantee sure. it. I guarantee it. So, I don't know. I, I always look forward to listening to Aranda speak. I haven't had a chance to meet him personally. Would love to. Yeah, no, I feel the same way, and I was going to bring this up, and it was a perfect segue, about Kalani Satake. Mm. He is a fantastic overall person, um, lives, breathes, eats, sleeps football. Um, so uh, where you would like to have a pepperoni roll um, with Dave Aranda, I think I'd want to talk X's and O's with Kalani Satake. And the way that he frames BYU's identity, I mean, it's something that you almost have to mention, that BYU has a religious background, and it's something that they assimilate with the football team as well. And he doesn't count it as a knock in recruiting. He thinks that a lot of people, football players in particular, relate to that mission and to that message, and they don't realize it until they step on campus. So, I mean, where some people would consider that uh, a step behind a public university, he totally flips it on its head. And, I mean, he's had fantastic success. Uh, He spent a lot of time at Utah And now you see Utah enjoying success in the Pac-12 after conference realignment. I could see BYU in a decade being very, very similar to Kyle Whittingham's Utah program. So if you're interested in hearing more comments from any of the coaches that spoke during day one at Big 12 Media Days, Holgerson, Satake, Aranda, any of them, go to GoldenBlueNation.com or check out the free Golden Blue Nation app. We have press conferences from all seven head coaches posted there, as well as complete remarks from Commissioner Brett Yormark. And we invite you to stay close to our website and app for day two of Big 12 Media Days, which gets underway bright and early Thursday with head coach Neil Brown scheduled to take the podium and discuss the upcoming season for the West Virginia Mountaineers. If you enjoyed this episode of the Golden Blue Nation podcast, make sure you leave us a like on your preferred podcast platform and subscribe so you never miss an episode and download the free Golden Blue Nation app, which is available on Apple and Android smart devices. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap day two of Big 12 Media Days. He's Kevin Redfern. I'm Nick Farrell. And this is the Golden Blue Nation podcast presented by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com.